I'm part of a team that's out looking at Brent geese, you know, throughout the whole winter. And we have several species of geese that occur in Ireland. So we have, you know, the, the, the brownish ones and the, the most familiar might be the Greenland white-fronted goose, which is down in uh, Wexford. That's where the main population is. We have grey lag geese, which is the ancestor of the farmyard goose. And uh, we get those along the east coast and in, in the midland bogs and in some areas of, uh, of north. And then pink-footed geese as as well and they're a small petite almost like a, a coffee coloured you know latte coloured and they are occurring now in slightly larger numbers particularly along the northeast coast places like Lurgan Green in County Loud you can get up to a hundred pink footed geese there most winters and that's a large increase it might reflect the success of these birds across Europe and into northern Europe and then we have the sort of black and white birds and barnacle geese up at Lissadell they're the lovely crisp black and white guys with a white face in parks and in wildfowl collections you get the Canada goose which is the, the tall one with the white chin strap and then the Brent geese which is the one I've been looking at over the last few years and the Brent geese are the real coastal birds you won't find Brent geese out in boglands or on lakes in the Midlands. They are truly a coastal species and these breed up in Arctic Canada and start arriving back in Ireland as early as the beginning of September. Now, it all depends on how successful their breeding is. If they've had a very poor breeding season, they will come back early as soon as they've molted their feathers. If they've had a successful season, it's often a little bit later. I saw my first Brent uh, around the end of September. But they're truly in, in big, big numbers now. And everybody's fascinated with the Brent geeks because they've become so familiar to urban dwellers. Like, I've done some work in Dungarvan, and, you know, there's a pitch and put course at Dungarvan, and it's full of Brent geese feeding away, and people just ignore them. They're just part and parcel of, of you know, Dungarvan town. And in Dublin City, I mean, seriously, you go to football pitches, you go to tiny little greens in the middle of, of suburbia, and there's flocks of Brent geese feeding on the grass in front of you. And they have no fear whatsoever. And when you think about it, these are truly wild geese that have flown the Atlantic Ocean, that have bred in Arctic Canada. And here they are feeding on football pitches, on greens and on the coastal grasses along our coasts. It's, it's quite an extraordinary thing to witness. What is a goose, Eric? Why is a goose not a swan? <laughs> That's a good question, and Richard is probably listening to me, so I have to be very careful. I mean, the the larger birds are swans. There's about, I think, seven species of swan in the world, so there's not many swans, and they usually have these long necks, big bodies, and they are related to geese. If you can imagine then that goose, a goose is a slightly smaller first cousin of the swan, shorter neck, a little bit stockier, and then you have ducks, of course, and they all form a collective called wildfowl. Now, Richard, you might have a zoological or a physiological reason. What's the answer to that? Well, there isn't a simple answer, I think. Now, if you look at ungulates, hoofed animals, you have the very long-necked ones, the giraffes, say, and then you have large antelope and things, and then you get down to cattle and down to sheep and so on. Now, parallel, the swans are the giraffe uh, branch of the wildfowl, anatidae. The geese are more the like the cattle and sheep, uh, that sort of thing. And then the ducks at the bottom of the, the spile, they are more like... Um, 
small animals that run around the place like hares and rabbits and things of that size. So you've got this kind of division. Now, in evolutionary terms, apparently the swan is thought to have been the first in. A swan-like creature was first in. And from him comes the goose. The swan lives in the water, loses a long neck, up upends mostly. That's his kind of niche. He's able to stretch down a metre and a half to pull up water weeds. The goose is on the land and he's tearing up grasses and things like that. Whereas the duck has become much more adventurous and ducks will, some ducks will be almost totally carnivorous, but they mix things. They are much more uh, liberal in their in their eating habits. So I think the intriguing thing, Eric, uh, 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 that you talk about the short grasses of your pitch and put courses and things like that. I'm almost intrigued by that because Brent geese don't like long grass. They don't like, we have a field out here in front of me which has uh, very interesting cattle on it, Moiler uh, cattle, uh, ancient Irish herd, and it's not cropped enough for Brent geese to bother coming in. Whereas the golf course is quite near, you'll have the Brent geese on the golf course. But back when they were evolved, there was no such short grasses like that, apart from Macare. Perhaps they fed a bit on Macare, but they are. we have created an environment that has suited them in a strange way. Just why they won't eat longer grass intrigues me in a way. That's one of the mysteries of, of um, Brent geese for me anyway. I, I fully agree. And, you know, when they, they arrive first, um, they, they will feed on the coastal, the eel grass, which, you know, is found along the coastal marshes and the, the coastal wetlands. But the Brent geese is quite successful at the moment. It, the, the numbers are rising. And I, I've just been looking at, at Brent this morning. And it's wonderful to see so many young birds back with the adults. So the adults will bring the young birds back, show them the ropes, show them where to go for, for feeding so that when they return, they know where to go. Last winter, there was hardly any young birds around, hardly any in with the flocks. This year, looks like they've had a very good breeding season and we can tell the young ones in that they have pale bars uh, on their, their wing coverts. It's like pale barring on their backs. So you can tell an adult instantly from a young bird. So it looks like they've had a very good breeding season. And last winter, the, the geese didn't really move out onto the football pitches until a little later. You know, we didn't really begin to see big movements of the geese out onto the other feeding resources until probably late December and was purely and simply because they had enough eelgrass to, to, to feed on for that size of that population. But this year, they're already coming back onto the football pitches. And what happens is they come onto the place like the Bull Island, they'll feed on the eelgrass there. And because there's a big population of them, that resource begins to get used up. So they've learned how to go and seek food elsewhere. They've done very what? well, Eric. Yeah, you know, when I was got interested in wildlife first back in the 1960s, there was great worry about Brent geese. Brent geese, there was about 6,000 of them coming to Ireland. And they looked as though they were on the way out. And we had all kinds of things here. We had lovely flocks of scoter out there and red-breasted merganser. We had red-throated divers and some great northern divers, great crested creep. All that along the coast here between where I am and Port Marnock. Now, there isn't one of those birds to be had but the goose the brent goose is thriving the very one we thought that was most vulnerable is the one that has done best it is an extraordinary turn of events i think and i i think it's at its adaptation to to seek food at places like uh, you know 
greens inside housing estates, pitch and put courses, golf courses, football pitches. I think that adaptation has really paid off for the goose but I'm told that the grass that they eat on these football pitches isn't as nutritional as the eelgrass that they would eat along the coast and therefore they are leaving Ireland a little bit later because they haven't managed to build up enough fat reserves for their return migration so it's a bit like you know takeaway but it isn't as nutritional as what your mother would have made for you at home apparently the timings of the Brent geese are changing ever so slightly due to the fact that they the quality of the food that they get off the football pitches and off the put, pitch and put courses aren't as good as the likes of eelgrass that they would get along the coast so they have sort of traded that off but it's a very successful trade-off of course, the other thing that we have to consider is that these birds, we, we get pale-bellied branchies. Um, Europe gets dark-bellied branchies, which come from Siberia. If our birds return and they have a short window for, for nesting and for breeding, if anything is altering the Arctic Circle where these birds breed with climate change, it could mean that they will have many years of unsuccessful breeding. So, you know, when I talk about climate change, I don't talk about polar bears. I talk about Brent geese. I talk about blue tits. I talk about cuckoos, birds that we can all relate to. So to see such a good number of young birds gives me heart that, you know, the population is safe going forward for the next few years. But all it takes is for several years of poor breeding for the populations to decline. Thankfully, Brent geese have a long life. You know, they can live for 20, 25 years, which is a good thing. They can accept one or two bad breeding seasons, but they have more ahead of them, whereas small-lived birds only have one or two years and they, they got to breed, you got to reproduce, or that's it. Eric, do we know what they eat when they go back to the Arctic? I mean, they have the takeaways here, the football pitches, or they have the eelgrass. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're actually inland there, are they? They're not on yeah, the Yeah, but they're on the... They're on the tundras and there's lots yeah. and lots of food there. There's lots of, of grazing for them up, up in the tundras. So, you know, they nest up in the, 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 the tundra areas where there's those short grass that they can feed on. And then if you if you know that all geese and ducks and swans, when they, um, they're finished breeding, they will molt all their flight feathers so they become flightless for a period of time. And in the tundra areas, there's beautiful wide open lakes that these birds can move onto so that there is no pressure from predators. So they, they are perfectly adapted to a life in the, in the tundra areas. I mean, they must be seeing so they do so well, but I was just wondering, it's not just grass. Do they eat other plants as well? Do they eat oh, wood? All sorts. Yeah, yeah. They, they're vegetarians. Just like when they're here, it's uh, lovely prime football pitch grass that they, they like uh, in the latter half of the winter. You know, it provides them with enough nutrients to, to get them through the winter. But of course, they'll eat a whole range of other food once they, once they go up into the tundras. Mind you, it's, it's very hard to digest grass. So, did, wasn't it? I think David Cabot with um, the barnacle geese reckoned that they did a dropping every seven minutes. It kind of makes the football pitches rather skiddy if you have a whole <laughs> flock of Brent geese doing droppings every. Seven. Yeah, but it's good fertilizer. Good fertilizer for the grass. Uh, although I do know that some some of the football you know pitches, um, some of them, the players are not happy that Brent geese feed. But when you explain the migration of them and the journeys they make to get here to poo on your on your football pitch, uh, I think people walk away with a slightly different perspective on the Brent. 
Eric, whenever I watch Brent geese around Dublin coast, along the North Wicklow coast or elsewhere in Ireland, I'm always struck by just how far they've travelled to come to us and what part of the world they're connecting us to. It, it's a part of the world that for our ancestors particularly, they would have known nothing about. These, this far north part of Nunavut in Canada, with many of our Brent geese particularly coming to us from a place called Baffin Island, which is, is the fifth largest island in the world, but still a very little known place. We normally think of geese as being very wary and to, to go on a wild goose chase, to do something that's futile. But the thing that always strikes me about the Brent geese here is how tame they are because they really don't fear people that much. They're sort of, if you don't bother them and get too close, they'll sort of go about their business. That's because, I suppose, that where they nest, they're relatively free from predators. They do meet some Inuit hunters from time to time, but apart from that, they rarely encounter humans. They rarely encounter other predators as well. There's a few Arctic foxes and um, things like that. You can, might get jerf falcons occasionally that might, uh, might, might bother them. But apart from that, there are far fewer predators than there would be for most other geese. And because they're so hardy, they have these small little bills, they're kind of compact birds, they're able to retain more body heat. They do well in, in very cold conditions. However, one of the things that I fear with climate change, uh, competitors may be able to get a toehold in those breeding grounds and crowd them out. We're already starting to see that happening in Greenland with the Greenland white-fronted goose and uh, the Canada goose, which is more dominant, is starting to invade Greenland and to breed among them and reduce the breeding success of those geese. And you know, if, time, if climate change continues as it is, I'd have fears that perhaps more of these competitor geese, the stronger, more dominant ones, would be able to force these brent out or at least reduce the food supply for their chicks and fewer would survive. And it might allow other predators to, to colonise that area as well if the summers uh, become uh, warmer and, and the winters become less harsh and allow them to survive. Um, so, you know, I think it's great to see them doing well, but that shows the, the importance of this kind of survey work because that's how we'll first spot these changes. It's in the wintering populations here in Ireland rather than in the breeding grounds in northern Canada where they're spread over vast areas and counting them would be almost impossible. I fully agree with you, uh, Noel. I think, you know, the climate change and the impact it will have on these kind of species, we are really only guessing at the moment. We are only sort of trying to imagine what might happen. And this is why it's so important. You know, we, we spoke earlier about the Garden Board Survey. The Garden Board Survey really does give an indication of a population change or the status of birds that would be normally considered garden birds. And it's the same with, you know, studies of Brent and other species. It really gives you an indication of what is happening elsewhere as opposed to what's happening on our doorstep. Conservation isn't just about, you know, conserving them on their wintering grounds. It's conserving species that are on their migration routes, also on their breeding grounds. And I can see Although I've never been up to that part of Canada, I can see that the Brent geese have had a very successful breeding season this season just by watching them on the wintering grounds. And these are the kind of valuable bits of information that piece together how the Brent are doing. And, you know, population declines, if we see a massive drop in young birds coming back year after year, something is going on. Birds, I've always said, birds are great indicators of change in the environment. You know, they're the first things that often show that something has changed. You know, have wings, will fly. You know, I, you know, if, if oak trees, you know, start missing their, their leafing time by a couple of weeks, you know, it's more subtle. You don't see it and an oak tree can't get up and walk away. Birds just fly. They, they leave areas. They show instantly, very quickly, that something has changed. And this is what we're always looking for. Will we have a big number of young birds coming back? And if several winters occur where there are no 
young birds coming back, then we know something really has happened in their breeding grounds. And as you say, birds like Canada geese would pose a major threat for these birds if they start moving into their breeding grounds. There's one other lovely thing I would say about the Brent, and, and you talked about how tame they are because they probably haven't encountered people before. They're protected as well. If Brent geese were being shot at in Ireland, they would be far more wary. Birds learn that they have nothing to fear from us if we show them that there's nothing to fear from us. And, you know, Brent are one of those birds that trust us. And it's a wonderful thing to have trust from a wild bird. You know, I've I've spoken to so many people in housing estates and all around Dublin particularly, because that's the, the area that I, I, I'm working on. And everybody welcomes the geese. There isn't a single person you meet that goes, oh, those bloody Brent geese. Everybody's going, oh, yeah, they're fantastic. And, oh, and, and you know, you set up a telescope and you let people look at a Brent goose up close and you tell them the story of their journeys. And do you know something? People are interested. You know, you just have to flick that switch and people are interested. And I think that the people of Dublin are welcoming of the Brent geese every year. It's, it's part of who we are now. And we're one of the only capital cities in Europe that has truly wild geese in our suburbs. Fantastic stuff. Eric, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure, Derek. Details, as always, on the website rte.ie forward slash Mooney.